Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. You know the drill by now. Every single Saturday night on TalkSport, we celebrate the best of British boxing and worldwide. We even delve into the world of mixed martial arts, of which we will be doing uh, between now and midnight. As ever, it is me, Adam Catterall, and my trusted colleague, Gareth A. Davis, running you through all the latest news in the fighting world and because of Gareth's extensive contact list. We are very blessed to be able to welcome in some of the very best that Fight Sports has to offer. Coming up later on, we will be speaking to the IBF champion, Lee Selby. We will also be speaking to Daniel Dubois. And there is a hot rumour that we might just be speaking to to the biggest of them all. Tyson Fury will hopefully be with us on the phone a little later on in the show. But we've got an in-studio guest tonight, Gareth. An in-studio guest. Before you introduce him, take a listen to this. He's down 12 stone, 5 pounds, and fights out of Ilford, England! The Beast, Anthony Young! He's just racked all in Semek around the ring here, and then he's dropped by the right hand, Semek. Oh, oh, oh and he gets tagged to the left. left. I think he's, he's on the ropes, he's, he's on the ropes. He's on the ropes, didn't go down, but oh, he's Johnston done. was tagged. Another big heavy right hand, two minutes to go in the round. There's no possible way he's going to get through this round, just no way. And the referee just needs to stop this. And then moving up in weight oh, oh, hurts him. Hurts him, led him to the body. Didn't, didn't even put everything into that. Barani is looking in anxious territory here. Huge uppercut. Manages to stay upright. Steve Gray watching very closely. Another massive uppercut from Anthony Yard. And is Baranya going to make it through? He's not. The fight is all over with 30 seconds to go in the opening round. And Anthony Yard gate crashes world rankings. 13 fights, 13 wins, 12 via the way of knockout. I'm sounding a little bit like Buffer, but we out the twang, aren't we? We out the twang. Ladies and gentlemen. All right, you can go for it, son. You can go for it. It is, of course, the beast. Anthony Yard is with us in the studio. Welcome, my friend. How are you? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. You're looking sharp. You're looking good. Obviously, you're in training at the moment for the fight on December the 9th. You've got a big cheesy grin on, obviously. (laughs) It's going to be 14 wins, 13 knockouts. Look at him nodding away. He knows the score. What I like, he's got a big cheesy grin, but very tired eyes, which means he's putting the work in. Exactly. 
He's putting <laughs> the work, work in. If he I, is if I come a beast bubbly, and he is the beast. If I came with bubbly, you know that I'm not working hard enough. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's funny, you know, you were saying when we were outside that you don't do a lot of hard sparring. I don't doubt whether people want to do too much hard <laughs> sparring with you. Um, you. You fight out of Ilford, but you're from Hackney, of course. And, you know, you and I have sat down over lunch before. Very right. bespoke lunch. Thanks in for the invite. Sorry, for the invite, mate. Yeah. Sorry, Adam, but we do these things. You yeah. know, we, 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 we have to get together and plan these little things because we, yeah. we know how intravenous you get. We've mm. got to keep things away from you. <laughs> this man, this man, this man yeah. is a very, very interesting individual. And I found it out over that lunch how... Anthony believes he has a message for the people from where he's from in Hackney. And that's why I mentioned Hackney, because we talked about boxers coming out of American ghettos, people changing lives. We're going to talk about Mike Tyson tonight yeah. and how he came out of uh, Brownsville, New York, and you know, very tough area. Um, and Anthony, when we spoke the first time, we went very deep. And you come from an area where it is still actually a ghetto. That's what you felt when you were growing up. You came out of a ghetto. Definitely. Um, I was born in Hackney. And I'll say that I was raised in Stratford, but it's basically the same place. There was a road that separated Stratford and um, and Hackney. If you ever went to a Hackney Market, it was literally one road that separated it. So, um, yeah, I want to be an inspiration. Because there were gangs, weren't there? Yeah. And there was trouble, wasn't there's, there? There's still gangs. There's still gangs. Mm. Only the other day, um, I think this was on the news as well, there was a young boy, I think he was about 13 years old. He pulled out a big knife on the bus because he wasn't allowed on the bus, literally. 13 were, years of age. 13, it was all over social media. So, again, it's just, it's just misdirection, that's all it is. And we're talking about the role that boxing plays in the community, the role that Huge, Anthony, man. It's Anthony, huge. Anthony's it lives. On, it Anthony's going on to, to, to go on to great personal um, acuity, and he's going to achieve a lot himself. But I know from meeting him f- several months ago now that, you know, and going deep together, really. Yeah, and we did connect, yeah. didn't we? We really connected. Like, like, you two get a room. Do you want me to do the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. I, buy the T-shirt, yeah. It's, he's about changing lives. He's about changing his own life, but he's about changing other people's lives. For other people in your in the community of Hackney, <laughs> no, no, I know that Gareth uh, having a bit of a laugh, and he, but it, there is a serious element to that because yeah. people need to believe, don't they, that there is a pathway. They need to believe, and they only believe if there is a person that blazes the trail. You know, exactly. that's it. Somebody's got to set that standard for them. This is what I say to um, all the young kids. When you're joining a gang or you're trying to be a leader in a negative way, all you're doing is looking for an easy way out. People are scared to work hard or sacrifice or, um, in my on my behalf, go on a diet, um, fight in front of millions of people, the risk of failure. People are so scared of like little things like that. Hmm. They rather go with the easy route and the easy route is selling drugs joining a gang so there's bigger numbers so you feel protected so you feel like you're a part of something but what's wrong with being a leader or creating your own positive circle and then being able to change lives working hard as well yeah exactly, exactly. working hard so what changed for you then man because you, like you said you grew up in this area you were you obviously you're surrounded by it people were probably saying and i can see that you're a bit handy with your fist you fancy <laughs> getting involved here mate come on we could do you a little bit of muscle do you know what it is i've always had my own man even from school like growing up in school I had my own man. If people were doing stuff negatively, if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. Mm. Um, even some of my friends. That's hard though. For 12, 13 for year old, yeah, but for 12, 13 year old kids yeah. on the street, that's tough, isn't it? But you know what? I see it as this. You have to have a mentality of, are you going to be a leader in life or, or a follower? Mm. I've always been that thing of, I'm going to be the best at this. Um, if we have a race, I'm going to win. 
if we play on a football pitch, I'm going to win. <laughs> in school, I couldn't play football. But then my friends, <laughs> they used to like take the mick out of me and like nutmeg me. And they used to play a um, game called Nutmeg Rush. Yeah. <laughs> but because I, I had a little temper on me, anytime someone nutmeg me, I'll put my fist up saying, if you, <laughs> if you look rush me, I'll fight him back. <laughs> so um, literally, I learned how to play football. By the time I finished school, I was playing for Tunbridge Wells, um, Bishop Stortford. I had trust for QPR. So again, yeah, it's, it's just a mentality. Hmm. But the funny thing is as well, that, that you know, that a, a name that resonates in British life, Tessa Sanderson, hmm. was one of the people that first discovered An- uh, Anthony as well in, in, in as much as she saw his athleticism. I think you were sprinting anyway, but she picked him out as a javelin thrower. And, uh, you know, you were really good at track and field. In fact, she put you in her... You know the the like an she, academy type thing. She, yeah, what is she? D- double Commonwealth uh, Olympic yeah, well, champion. You know, a major sports star in track and field, and yet she saw something in Anthony, and she sat you down and gave you a good talking to at one she time. She saw me she? run. In yeah. a, um, there was a thing in school that you, everyone used to go. A few used to get selected, and we used to go to like a borough thing. Everyone yeah. used to run in the borough. The and London then, um, Schools Championship, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah, yeah, something like I can't remember what school, but something like that. And um, she saw me run, and she said, "You're so raw." Like, you have, like, the technique ain't there, nothing. So she goes, I want you to join my academy. She told me when she was going to start up. And she goes, I'm going to contact your school. I want you to be a part of it. So then um, I went there. I had no interest in athletics at all. <laughs> Zero. But again, I was good at it. So um, when I was younger, my problem was um, not being big-headed. I was good at a lot of different sports. So I didn't know which field to go into. Boxing, when I was, what, 14 years old, I wanted to do the boxing training, but I never saw myself being a boxer, a professional boxer. Mm. Like, I watched Mike Tyson, I was like, how does this guy go out there in front of all these people and fight? Mm. Like, I remember the feeling you get in school when you have an argument with someone and you're like, cool, we're going to fight after school. That feeling you go through throughout your whole, all your lessons, you can't concentrate, you're yeah, nervous, yeah. you're shaking. Imagine so, that for eight, 12 weeks, man. Exactly. <laughs> no, you do it for a living, baby. No, I do it for a living. So yeah. it shows you, like, you can put, you can do whatever you put your mind to. So wait, when did the penny drop then that you were... You're going to make a career out of boxing because, like you said, athletics was knocking on your door. You were having trials with QPR. We we're going to bring that up a little later on, but we're here now. And then boxing comes along. So, when was it for you that you went, I want to pursue this? You know, it was, I think it was more of, um, I be- I'm a strong believer in you reap what you sow and you get out what you put in. So, um, boxing is one of them sports where it's only you and the other person in the ring. It's, um, as the Mexicans say, mano y mano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on a football pitch, I love football still, but you got a lot of um, people to rely on. Mm. So you can have a walkabout. Um, you're, you're a lone wolf, man. You like that, don't you? I can see it in your eyes. lions in the camp. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, you like the fact that it's all on you, yeah? Literally. I, I just like that. Um, it's not all on me outside the ring. You mm-hmm. know, there's preparation. You, got, you need a good team around you, etc. But in terms of sports, I feel like it's, um, it's a brutal game of chess. And I like to play chess. So if I can do that in the boxing ring, using my fist, having fun, then that's what I'll do. When he's talking about fighting, he's smiling. He's sinister. You have to smile. Yeah, but he, he, is, have he has got some naughtiness about him, hasn't he? He has, but I, I, I've said for a long time, Anthony's 13, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I've already nailed my colours to the mast. For, for me, Anthony will go on and be a world champion. How great a world champion, I don't know. How, how long it'll be, I don't know. Um, but he's got so much vim, vigour and aggression mm. and, 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 and so much more to go. I mean, I think, 
you know, you, you can see from, from Anthony's physique, he's just, he is the beast. No, I mean, no, 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 a, no, I don't think He's from the east. I don't think yeah, <laughs> but, but, but it's, it's, it's the attitude that you've got, the humility. I mean, Daniel Dubois has the same attitude, you know, we're, we're going to speak got to him later coming on, up later, you know, um, you know um, Anthony Joshua has the same attitude. Tyson Fury has the same attitude, mm -hmm. you know. This is why these guys go on, because it, it's, it's never a fait accompli. There's always the next stage, there's mm. always the next stage. And I think with Anthony... Um, that that what I want to see is him challenged yeah. by a box. He's so powerful in in the ring, so powerful in the fighting arena. I want to see him challenged by a boxer who's tricky. Mm. Uh, I've said this to you, and you agree, don't you? Yeah. That you want to have a few tricky opponents down the road as well. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. He's sticking around. He's got about, about nine phones, Anthony. Well, <laughs> one for business, one for pleasure. You know what I mean? He's oh, got to keep, oh, okay. keep them all happy. Oh, yeah. Got to keep them all happy. <laughs> stick around. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. Anthony Yard's in the studio. He's going to stick around for a bit. Uh, we're going to get stuck into his upcoming fight that's coming up on uh, December the 9th as well. Don't go anywhere. Hey, uh, you're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Cattrall, Gareth Davis, as ever. Uh, Anthony Yard is in the studio with us right now. I think we should talk about December the 9th. We've had, we've had the backstory. We know where he's at. He's just been telling us that he only put on a pair of boxing gloves for the first time after Chisora... Hey? No, Chisora no, Tyson Fury at Tyson Wembley Fury. Arena in 2011. Wow. Yeah. Literally. Tony Cizé, who's <laughs> a friend of mine and a friend of Anthony's. Tony Cizé is a... I've got to say this. He's been around the boxing world probably 30 years, Tony, l longer than I've been writing about it. And Tony changes the lives of lots of young people, Definitely. doesn't he? Yeah, Talking and he does. Yeah, and there you go. He took yeah. you. Then Tony is a brilliant man. I got, a lot of people know him in the boxing world. He took you down to that fight that night to get you to see it, and it changed your life, really. Literally, um, I went to the gym. I had a lot of physical attributes, and he said, "Oh, you should be a model." <laughs> he goes, "You're big. You got a six pack. You, you should be a model." I said, "No, I want a boxer." And he took me. On no, the you're fights. too pretty to be a model. You're too pretty to be a model. I'm sorry. That's, that, that's a weird compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? That's a weird compliment. <laughs> but yeah, literally, he took me. And then um, we went on the pads and then he said, oh, if you keep coming, I want to take you to some places or whatever. So um, long story short, he took me to the press conference of Fury and Chizora, where Chizora slapped um Yeah, Fury. yeah, yeah. Yes. So imagine that was my first experience. I was like, watching Mike Tyson. You fancy a piece of this? No. At first, I was like, this is crazy. Like, is this what professional yeah. boxing is like? But then as I got into it, I was like, this ain't no different from me being on the, on the streets. <laughs> yep. so I, like, I could do this. But yeah, get paid for it, you know? Exactly. And get paid for it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I agree. A lot of people that I've spoken to about you are impressed with the professional thing, but don't necessarily know the backstory that the amateur pedigree, you just kind of skipped it a little bit. You went in, you did what, 10, 12 and, amateur um, fights? 12 amateur fights, yeah. 12 amateur fights. Now, when we're talking to fighters on this show, and we'll talk to a few later on, um, i.e. Tyson, Who've had over 100, 200, three, some of them 300. Kennedy Golovkin, yeah. 365, lost five, by the yeah. way. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> well, let's yeah. go Vasil Lomachenko, even, yes. even crazier. Yeah. But guys like that, um, amateur pedigrees, serious amateur pedigrees, you've had 12 fights. So in effect, yeah. you're still technically learning on the job, man. Literally, and that's what people don't understand about boxing, yeah? Um, I'm, I just turned 26 in August. People are always saying already, oh, he should be fighting this person, he should be fighting that person. I'm literally... If you look at how many fights I've had in total, I'm still a baby in the game. Very little experience. So I'm You've still, had less I'm, than 30 fights. Less than 30 fights, mm. literally. And I'm already professional. I'm already making a lot of a lot of noise in the game. I've said this already as well. I'm not cocky or arrogant. I'm very confident in myself and I've said this. I don't think there's anyone in the world right now that's had 
as much experience as me or limited experience as me yeah. that's doing what I'm doing. So that's something I'm proud of and that's something that's keeping me motivated. So going off what Gareth was saying before about opponents now coming up, you want some more trickier opponents. What's the plan then? What's the plan? In your head now, you're a focused young guy. I can tell that. Definitely. So, so what, what's the score over the next 12 to 24 months, let's say? What's the plan for Anthony Hart? I don't see it as there's any plan. I will, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I should be saying this or not. Yeah, will, you should. Yeah, you should. This I is the show fight. to be saying it, man. Let's I do will it. fight anybody because how I grew up, how I was raised, how my mum raised me is not to be scared of another man, ever. So I will fight anybody. I've got Frank Warren and Tunde Ajayi who have very good heads on them and have experience. So again, I'm very hard-headed at times. I'm very stubborn at times. But I do understand boxing is a career. Um, there's been a lot of people that want to rush and they end up with no career. Mm. Um, and there's been people that, you know, take their time, learn the ropes, learn on the job and then can make a living and change their family's life. And that's what I want to do. But you look at the division at the moment, just to, just to bring the division into focus. It's very Eastern European stacked, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You've got, well, you've got Adonis Stevenson's the WBC champion um, in Canada, doesn't ever leave Canada. Mm. You could go over and challenge him. I think that's a tremendous fight. He's a lot more experienced than you. Dimitri Bivol is the WBA champion. He, he looks a force. He Bivol does look a force. force. Um, the IBF is vacant at the moment because, mm. of course, Andre Ward has retired. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Artur yeah. Baturbiev is a very dangerous, solid, um, was he 12 and 0 now with 11 mm. knockouts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very dangerous fighter. But again, quite a big amateur pedigree. Um, and then Alexander Gavozdik, um, Sergei Kovalev, WBO. Fighting You're- tonight. Fighting tonight, tonight for the WBO. Uh, for the WBO, Shabransky, of course, is the challenger. Is the is the opponent yeah, yeah. tonight? Vyacheslav Shabransky, and of course, he's ten in the division. Anthony's ranked five in the WBO. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's not far away. I think a world title challenge is about a year away. Is that where you're at? Are you thinking world? Are you thinking more British first, European, and all that type of carry on, clean up there, and then go for world? What are you thinking? When I when I went to Tony Cesar and I and I started the amateurs, yeah, I said to Tony straight away. I said to him, I went. I want to be a great professional. I didn't mention him. I didn't mention no amateurs to him, nothing. He goes, you've got to go through the amateurs first, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he talks. And then I said, okay, I'll do what I need to do, but that's what I want. That's what my goal, that's what my goal is. I want to be a great um, professional boxer. So, again, now I'm professional, I want to be a great world champion. So, again, if I can get the British title, any boats I can collect along my way, fantastic. It's good, good for experience, good for um, recognition, good for the portfolio, but... I won a world title, but again, everything's timing. Mm. There, there'll be people listening to this that uh, that I've seen you fight and seen other people, other British uh, light heavyweights fight as well. Yeah, and they'll be familiar with obviously uh, the board um, issuing you a fight with uh, Jose Burton, and yeah. obviously Frank's in there, and uh, Callum Johnson was in there, and there was kind of a round robin that was set up. Now, as you just said, you're a fighter. You'll fight anybody. Just put them mm-hmm. on the plate and I'll eat them up. That's basically the attitude that you're giving me right now. Mm-hmm. But you've got to take advice from other people that are pointing you in the right direction with more experience Definitely. from that. So therefore, when you look at that and people are obviously tweeting you saying, oh, Anthony, why is he not taking the Jose Burton fight? Why is he not doing the Frank Bullioni fight? Why is he not doing the Callum Johnson fight? What's your response to that? You know, when the, um, sometimes when I read it, this is why I don't read things like that. Um, it can annoy you at first but then again you have meetings you sit down and then things are explained to you or things are you're given options and then certain things make sense one thing I've learned in boxing yeah is if you listen to the public I don't think you'll go very far Mm. because everyone's opinionated 
And sometimes people's opinions ain't very direct. They're not very, they're not going anywhere. Some people just want to see, like, if um, Golovkin and Canelo fought when everyone first issued them to fight, it would have been a, like, it wouldn't have been a big fight at all. But because they waited a bit, same as Floyd Pacquiao, because they waited, they earned. Everyone knows what they earn already. Mm. To talk about. Yeah, the big fights <laughs> need to be built. That's what promotion that you know it's an it's it's an art, isn't it? I mean, it's a um, big fights have always needed hype and promotion, characters, explosive clashes. You know, Danny Kelly, who obviously was on previously, was saying to us just before we came on the air, God, I'm really disappointed about David Hay and Tony Bellew too not taking place yeah. because there's genuine juice between them. Yeah. When you find a guy you really don't like and he really doesn't like you, it's going it's to really go up. <laughs> exactly, it's going to go up. You know, it might be your war of words with Sergei Kovalev. You know, Boxing News saying this week, um, the truth about Kovalev. I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit. He's not a nice person in one of the columns in there. You know, you may have clashes with people. I mean, you've been over in America, haven't you? You've been in yeah. the Mayweather gym. That was an interesting visit, wasn't it? That was literally um, one of the pinnacles of my boxing career. I went over there with Tunde, who's my unprofessional coach and manager now. And um, I learned a lot over there. Even certain opportunities I got that hundreds and thousands of people don't get to have. Um, like being in a hotel room with Floyd listening to him talk, seeing him train, seeing him spar, um, seeing how he acts around fight time because he was fighting Guerrero at the time. And seeing this, and this is just before I'd done Box Cup, and when I came back, I knocked out everyone in Box Cup. And literally I was there, um, like shoulder rolling, dipping, <laughs> working on defence because he kept saying about defence and not getting hit and lasting long in the sport. And then obviously I went back to boxing, carried on studying, trying to learn the craft. And I saw that. At first, I saw Mike Tyson, and he was yeah. just a brute force. Yeah. Then I realised how good uh, Mike Tyson was defensively mm. when he was with Castamoto. Then he started to lose that, and then obviously he started mm-hmm. losing. So again, it's... Um, Plus that modelling career will get thrown away, mate. If you, get, <laughs> if you keep getting hit, you know but, what I mean? But you're talking about, but again, when you're round Floyd Mayweather, mm. regardless of what anyone says about him behind the scenes, he is the consummate oh, professional. Definitely. And he didn't it, get there by chance. And he's, he's not a bad guy either. You know he's very help. He's very helpful. He cares about everyone around him, um, and a lot of what he does on cameras is to sell himself. And exactly. that's another thing that I learned from him as well. And that's the thing that we'll probably speak about next on the show regarding the business of boxing, because a lot of fans don't necessarily understand that. A lot of fans come in and they'll see, oh, this is a light heavyweight Anthony, or this is a light heavyweight, for example, Jose Burton. Let's get them in there. But if you don't make business sense, there's no point in doing it until maybe later down the line. Let's build it up a little bit. Who knows, eh? Um, Anthony's going to stick around very kindly um, for us. Don't forget, coming up a little bit later on, Lee Selby will hopefully be on the show, as will Tyson Fury. Daniel Dubois is going to be on the show. It's action-packed tonight. We're with you right through till midnight, so make sure you stick with us. You listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, in about 15 minutes, we'll be going to the Hall of Fame. Anniversary time. Mike Tyson's the boy. Youngest heavyweight champion of all time. Still, uh, 31 years ago is when it happened. 1986, we'll be getting that into the Hall of Fame very, very shortly. Make sure you stick around. Uh, Anthony Odds in the studio with myself and Gareth A. Davis. Uh, he's back out on December the 9th. Expect Mama can't... Mama's going to knock you out once again. It's all, it's all going over. And the, uh, and, the, and the machine, the beast, keeps on rolling. Uh, now... Um, Gareth's just been play. You've been being a bit playful with the boy, actually. The offer you were being a bit playful with him. You were asking him questions about heavyweights and various oh, things. Oh God, like yeah, that. I know. We, and, <laughs> listen, seeing it, seeing Ant- where Anthony, he was at. Anthony 
with his six phones. He's not. <laughs> he, he's not hiding you're dropping anything. Him. If people are listening, he's not, <laughs> he's, you're dropping him in it now. There's, all right, that's a very good point. There are two phones. Yeah. <laughs> business, and, business and pleasure. I don't want to get him in trouble. I really don't. I can't get in trouble by nobody. <laughs> Listen, he's a he's an Instagram star, right? If anybody's ever followed him on social media or keeps up to date with everything that Box Nation do on social media, they, they knocked out a couple of wicked videos yesterday where you're ripping, <laughs> ripping off your shirt in the gym. You're giving it the big in. You did. They were going lions in the gym, all that type of lions stuff. Lions in the camp. That's it. Lions <laughs> in the camp. You're doing the old little bit, of, bit of tippy tappy. Then you're doing the shoe shine. You're doing the whole thing going got on to, yesterday. Got to, got to mix it up. You have to, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but one man that has also made a big comeback uh, on Instagram this week is Tyson Fury. He's looking well, Gareth. Isn't he? He's looking okay. Well, we were talking about that. Yeah, I'm um, Tyson Fury's movement uh, with his. Uh, I can't remember the name of the young lad that, that coaches him now. Obviously, for the um, Mac the Knife Gym in uh, in Marbella started working with him three or four months ago and you know they were using the the, the sponge bat and he was throwing it at him and trying to poke him in the face that Tyson's have a look at Tyson Fury's Instagram and his Twitter this week his movement from the waist even though you know he's the size of four father Christmases basically <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's moving brilliant he, he's on in 25 minutes so he'll probably rib me over that now <laughs> but his movement his, his fighting moving boxing IQ is there for all to see mm. and, and we, we We've got to ask Anthony this. Let's do it. You, you, your mates, I don't know your mates, but you train with, and obviously he's a, he's a, he's a gym mate of yours, and, and you've sparred with Daniel Dubois before. Project us a year, okay? Yeah. Bear in mind, he's only 20, isn't he, Daniel? Yeah, he's only, a only 20. Yeah, yeah. Project, project us a year, Daniel Dubois, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury back and fit. Who's going who's gonna to be the best heavyweight in the world? Who beats who? You know what? I think it's right now. It's very early for Daniel. It's very, very early. You know, I think he's had five fights. Mm. I think it's six, something like yeah, five yeah. or six. Yeah, five or six fights. So, again, um, I know he had a good amateur um, background, but again, it's very, very early for him. Again, he's had a lot of knockouts as well. Some first round knockouts. So you haven't really seen much of him. Um, same as people, what people are saying about me. You haven't seen him take a punch. You ain't seen him fight someone that's going to pop a fight back yet. So. Again, it's too early for Daniel. Um, does he have the attributes? Definitely. Him and Joshua have familiar familiarities. Is that the word? Oh, we're yeah. going oh, to put it to him later that he knocked him down yeah, in so. sparring when he was 19. See, so again. <laughs> <laughs> you avoid there's, it. We'll go in there, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, similarities there. So again, but Tyson Fury now, he's different. You know, he's a more pure boxer. Um so it's very interesting. I think if Tyson Fury and Joshua fought, it would just be the matter of can he catch Fury and can he deal with Fury's experience in terms of boxing, mm. like jabbing and moving? Can he catch him, basically? The power is there, isn't it, with Edge? No question. And if he does catch it, you're going to go over. We've seen we've seen Fury go over previously. Yeah. We've However, seen him get up, though, as well, absolutely. by the way. But bo- boxing acumen, as you rightly put there, boxing IQ... Tyson Fury is a joke, man. Even now, where where he's ca- where he's carrying, you mean what? a joke in a good way? Absolutely, oh, yeah, 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 twenty three, yeah. twenty four stone, and looking amazing. No, yeah, but you definitely. don't lose that. I mean, you know, that he's grown up. Look, he's got. He was on the British amateur squad. Um, he's got a brilliant amateur record. He's undefeated, twenty five and zero. Remember, mm. and he made Vladimir Klitschko. I was there on the night in Dusseldorf in two thousand and fifteen, November. It's exactly two years ago. I'm very close to tonight. In fact, I think it was. 
was it was uh, what was it November the twenty ninth, two thousand and fifteen? Mm. He made a champion, a world champion. who was the undisputed heavyweight champion of the he world for him. almost ten years. He him. Made him he like a fool him. in there, yeah, didn't he? Did. He, he did. Know? He did school him. Um, on a fight that we were supposed to have uh, live on Talksport on December the seventeenth between Mr. Bellew and Mr. Hare. That's now off. Um, Why haven't you been putting yourself forward to fight Mr. Bellew then? They're two weeks, uh, two weeks above me. Come on, sunshine, you can eat up. You, you know. can get on that chicken and get yourself on that <laughs> I, I think, I think you and Bellew you... will be a great fight. But Tyson Fury's oh, yeah. going to call him out later hey, as well, or if he hasn't follow, already. If you do follow me on social media. Go on. Oh, yeah, here we go. You there will we go. see that I eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing you will see. I eat. I eat everything. <laughs> so what <laughs> you're basically saying then is that it's very difficult for you to then maybe go up to cruisers and heavies, yeah? Well, right now, um, I think cruiserweight, yeah, but heavyweight, it might be. A, I don't know. Struggle. I might have. A, I might have to, have to actually like eat my way there, like consistently. <laughs> but na- naturally, it's not a bad thing. It's not <laughs> a bad naturally, Bellew is a cruiserweight, not a heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, you know, he's a very tall cruiserweight, but he, he's a cruiserweight. You know. Yeah. Well, he's got. Yeah, his shoulders ain't too broad or big. So again, he come in light in it as a heavyweight. Mm. Full, yeah, um, absolutely. Heavy. So but again, regarding I think that, he's a cruiserweight as well. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah. And regarding that, we're all disappointed that that fight's not happening because it is two natural cruiserweights obviously fighting at heavyweight and there's a little bit of nastiness between them and we like that. The story was yeah. built for him. But regarding David Hay, he has a, probably been one of the best cruiserweights that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. He's obviously stepped up to heavyweight, become heavyweight champion and kudos for him for that. But over the last five years, Gareth, would you say, the shoulder injury, obviously they're now the Achilles and now a bicep situation. Yeah. You've got to think to well, yourself, listen, your, your body's shutting down. Oh, Definitely. when he opens his car, he creaks more than the QE2 <laughs> turning, like an old schooner turning, let's be and honest. And it's a shame because you know, once upon is. a time he was, he was unbelievable. Look, David Hay, um, you think back to 2011... Uh, 2010, uh, 2009, beating Valuyev uh, to win the world title. Um, you know, the, 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 the concussive power he showed. He knocked out Derek Chisora, remember, mm-hmm. in, the, in that, that grudge match after the brawl in Munich. Um, he was obviously very disappointing in 2011 against uh, Vladimir Vlad, Klitschko. Yeah. Didn't go out on his sword. Didn't do himself any PR justice in that fight. Yeah. Showed his little toe. Yeah. on the desk after the fight. Come on. It was so poor. The problem with David is um, his body is racked and ruined. And, you know, I don't think he's going to retire. I can't see him retiring. The, the, the vim and vigor and desire is still there. He wants the big fights. He's chasing those big fights. But the problem for David is his body's breaking down. And it's, it's how long he can sustain a training camp and being in the gym. We all know when it's time. He doesn't want, perhaps want to accept it's time. Do you know mm. what I think it is with David Hayes or yeah? Um, you see how we're talking about boxing styles. Like Tyson Fury is a boxer. With David Hay, he's dependent on his attributes. Mm. So he's very athletic, as you said. Explosive. Explosive. Mm. So again, when he's doing things like snapping his Achilles, um, tearing his bicep, his shoulder injuries, these are because he's so explosive and he depends on that. So again, um, can he come back? I think he should retire. He's had a, he had an excellent career. Um, cruiserweight, again, in this country, probably one of the best ever. After Evander Holyfield, he's the greatest cruiserweight yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, and I think yeah, everything I he achieved country, at heavyweight... But everything he achieved at heavy, heavy, heavyweight was an, was a bonus, basically. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, but you know, he and Evander Holyfield stand out as the two greatest cruiserweights. The I thing think. is, though, Anthony, you, I mean, you're a young guy, fit as they come, and doing your thing. You're a fighting man. He's yeah. obviously a fighting man, and therefore, even though his body's shutting down, he don't want to listen to that body because up here in his head, definitely. he's still a fighting man. I, I, well, where he's coming from, I definitely understand it because, um, you know, 
he's a fighter, as you just said. So he's going to keep fighting. He's going to want the big fight. He's going to want to avenge his loss against um, Bellew. I think in his heart, he thought Bellew was going to be an easy fight for him. Mm. Um, it didn't turn out that way. So, it um, should have been. A peak uh, David Hay oh, would have. Course. A peak David <laughs> Hay. Course. A peak David Hay would have been a nightmare for Tony Bellew, I believe. You go back four years, he would have been a nightmare. The problem for David, the other problem for David is when you get to his level as an, as an, an earning, his earning capacity is yeah, huge, yeah. that, you know, it's very hard to give it up because one fight every year, yeah, and he's a very wealthy man, he remains a We like a their millions, don't we? We like their exactly. millions. Exactly. So I think it's very difficult for those guys to give it up and and you know it's it's one of the things that Anthony will be looking at how sensibly one uses one's money uh, as you come up as you grow up and mm. you know that you buy property with it or whatever you do with it you know because it's very important well Anthony's got a nice coat on tonight you know what I mean he has like, I he, do he, like he, it he yeah. likes, the, he likes his clothes for, for. <laughs> 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 he likes his threads listen <laughs> we're looking forward to December the 9th man seeing too, you out on it too. it must be an exciting time for you as well because being with Frank traditionally it's always been on Box Nation which is probably for the boxing hardcore now with the deal with BT I made a list at the start of the year when that deal came through the fighters that will probably benefit the most and yeah. listed off people like Beefy and, and uh, Terry Flanagan and your name was on that list man because people need to see you doing your thing and that must be a, an exciting thing now for you that you've got a new platform to go and do your thing on very exciting um, the main thing for boxers is first of all being televised um, exposure being seen by different you know, outlets, everyone seeing you fight and then becoming a star, pay-per-view star, etc. That's the aims of boxing. Mm. And so, appearing um, on Fight Night on Talks. Of course it is, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it must, it, you must like, your eyes must like what, what, get wide when you see here, when you see Frank signing the likes of James DeGale and Lee Selby, world champions. Carl coming Frampton. Exactly yeah. that. And coming yeah. along and said, we want a piece of this as well. So, and you're in that, you're in that stable. That mix, yeah. So, Again, I'm one of them people. I know it sounds um, a bit boring, but I focus on myself. I try not to um, look outside of myself. Mm. I just try to, again, I'm in like a little bubble. I try not to focus on anyone else because I'm not living for them. They're not living for me. Um, I like your bling and your swag. I like your swag when you when you do yeah. your ring walks. Well, I like the masks. I like all the yeah, entourage yeah. with the masks. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I like it. I think it it adds something. I remember when you did it when on the undercard of Javonta Davis and Liam Walsh. Yeah, yeah. Um, that night when you came to the copper box and whoa, everybody suddenly stood up. Whoa, whoa, this is a moment. It's like the executioner is coming. You know, it's that moment. Um, and you went four rounds that night, and it was good yeah. for you. You know, that's the most you've been. I want to go. You so you go six rounds, eight rounds, ten rounds. You, d I know you do as well. <laughs> you know, what it is with me. I just think that um, boxing is an entertainment sport, and people just like to see knockouts. They just like to see it. He's right. Mm. And um, let's be honest. That's yeah. So if you look at your people that don't like boxing, like if you look at two people, yeah, a boxing pugilist. And a person just like outside that wants to see a fight. Just, just a sports fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see them without Floyd Mayweather's personality, without his persona, they'll be like, I'm not watching this guy. Mm. But then get someone like Mike Tyson, they'll be like, oh, what? Is he going to knock him out? Yeah, oh, cool, yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch. You're right. So again, yeah, it's just entertainment. People pay for knockouts, man. They pay for knockouts. And that's how you get paid. <laughs> and, and entertainment. That's, that's why I was using Floyd in it because, again, he hasn't knocked out people in a long time. But again, yeah, yeah. Um, most viewers... 
Mm. So again, it's, you have to mix up the both. You have to have no, a personality as well. Listen, you've got the attitude, man, and I like it. We're going to look at uh, looking forward to seeing you do your thing on December the ninth. Thanks for coming in tonight, Thank buddy. You. Much Thank appreciated. You. Yeah, it's lovely to see you, Anthony. We'll, we'll you let too, you. Man. We'll let you go and have a little bit of rest now. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anthony Yard, superb as ever. If you've only just tuned in, this will be available on podcast, so you can have a little bit of a listen back to everything that he's just been talking about. Uh, coming up next, we're going to stick Mike Tyson in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Indeedy, every single week, myself and Gareth uh, pick one particular moment from boxing history to whack into our fight night hall of fame, and I think it was quite easy for us this week, wasn't it? There's been quite, it's been quite a si- significant week. There's always big fights at the back end of November. Um, it was, it's, this week was the anniversary, for example, of Froch Groves one up in Manchester. Wow, yeah, of course, absolute yeah, tremendous that. fight. Yeah. But, but one sticks out like an absolute sore thumb. Um, 22nd of November, 1986. Uh, if you're a, a little bit, if you're one of our older listeners, you might actually remember this because it was a very significant day in boxing history and it was a, a record was set that day which still stands to this day. It was the day that Mike Tyson became the youngest ever heavyweight champion of the world. 20 years, four months. Unbelievable that it still stands to this day, but that just proves how ferocious this man was in his day. Well, you, you've got to look back, Adam, and um, you know he turned pro in 1985, okay, and he knocked out 18 men for a start, 12 of them within three minutes, six of those within 60 seconds. He was literally destroying people in these small hall fights. He was under this amazing trainer, Custamato, who was one of the old school in America, one of the ancient old school trainers who knew street smarts. They knew how to get under someone's elbow and go to the body. They knew, you know, he had this peekaboo defense he used. He rolled his head as he came in. The big point about Mike Tyson, apart from this incredible destructive life force, which came out of being him being in on the streets at the age of 11 in gangs in New York was because his parents were kind of from a very depraved area of society. His mother was a prostitute. His father was a drug stealer. It can't start worse than that in someone's life. And not only that, he was a heavyweight who stood five foot 11 inches tall. You take all these things into consideration. Mike Tyson coming up and becoming that heavyweight champion of the world in 86. People had forgotten he was 5 foot 11 tall. He was a giant of a man. He had a giant ferocity about him. He had a terrifying aura. I remember even in a bit later on in maybe 10 12 years later when he came over to fight Julius Francis mm. who was like a sacrificial lamb to him there was still the entourage around him the crocodile his his people that used to bellow for him and bring kind of announce him coming and he had something bristling off him i mean i've met him many times since and he's a, he, you know it's extraordinary that mike tyson's now in his 50s because mm. you wondered if this destructive force who embraced oblivion 
Peruvian in a way, would make it into his 50s. He was a wrecking ball as a fighter. He was, you know, think about it. Um, these six foot four, six foot five men, just he just destroyed them. We heard that um, package, the highlight reel coming into to, to, to this section. But he, you could see the fear as soon as he released. But a few people got in his way. He clearly deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Many people believe, because of Mike Tyson's aura, that he's the greatest heavyweight of all time. He isn't, not in my view, not in many other people's view. But he's certainly, since Muhammad Ali, the heavyweight who's made the most impact on the world. He was known around the world in his pomp. Well, on the 22nd of November, in 1986, 31 years ago, near enough to the day, Mike Tyson knocked out Trevor Burbick in the second round to become the WBC heavyweight champion. I remember watching that video probably in the sometime in the 90s like you said when he was around fighting the likes of Frank Bruno and Julius Francis over here in the in the UK fighting in Manchester as well. It was 2000 year 2000. Yeah yeah yeah. Was. Around that time I remember watching the life and times of Mike Tyson and seeing that Trevor Burbick fight and just he, he's hit Trevor Burbick so hard in that fight that Trevor Burbick is the world champion at the yeah, time yeah. tries to get up and the his mind wanted to be there. He's the heavyweight champ. He wants to be there, but his body was just all over the place. He was dilly-dallying and bouncing from rope to rope at the back end of that fight. And like I said, to knock, for a 20-year-old lad to go in there and knock the heavyweight champion of the world out within two rounds, it's unbelievable to think of. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, when you, you know, we're going to speak to Daniel Dubois later. He's 20 now. Um, it's almost as if Frank Warren would have turned, got him to turn pro a year and a half ago, mm. put, him, put him up against everyone out there, and he would have been knocking out Anthony Joshua maybe in the middle of next year. It's that kind of ascent from, Fu- from Tyson. Uh, and he said Tyson Fury from, from Mike Tyson. What he did have, though, what in, in being adopted by Customato, in living in his house in the Catskills, in, in a very middle-class environment, being mollycoddled and, and looked after and... And nurtured. And, and nurtured and, you know, Customato's wife feeding him libraries of boxing books, the history of the sport being taught, the, the, the deep history of the sport, learning about the first black heavyweight champions of the world in people like Jack Johnson. This all meant something to Mike Tyson. Um, this was a, this was a, a very, very angry young, but very athletic young man who had no recourse. It was, you know, when we spoke to Anthony Yard earlier, when he was saying about how difficult the environment was in Hackney growing up, this is what Mike Tyson had. It was his only way out of the ghetto was to fight, and boy, could he fight. Absolutely. And that is the reason why myself and Gareth decided to go uh, with Mike Tyson. I know that it's four weeks into the show now, but 
we've gone with him four weeks in. It's the, it's the first anniversary of him becoming the youngest heavyweight champion of the world. So Mike Tyson joins Bourne Holyfield, their uh, trilogy, uh, and uh, the others that we've had over the uh, last couple of weeks into the Hall of Fame tonight. And I don't think anybody is going to be arguing with us. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. Uh, it's fight night with me, Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis. Every single Saturday night, this is your home for boxing. Do not go anywhere. TalkSport, your number one boxing station. Between 10 and midnight, every Saturday we get stuck in. We've, we also bring you some live fights as well, uh, of which we will hopefully be announcing uh, in 2018. All right, Adam, but I'm excited. I'm very, very, You're buzzing very, right now, aren't Well, you? I am, because for three weeks in a row, I've been chatting to this great big man. Mm. And, not uh, me, not me. No, 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 <laughs> a, a really great big, big man. And, and last week, I was so disappointed because two minutes after the show, he went, I'm ready to come on, I'm ready to come on. And as I was leaving the well, building... Well, hang on, the week before, the, he, he blew us out for Lionel Richie. He did. Uh, no, he sent me a brilliant picture. We're talking about Tyson Fury. He sent me a brilliant picture yeah. of his wife with Lionel Richie. Yeah, it fair. was amazing. To be fair, his I phone would. ran out of battery that night. Listen, I'd choose Lionel Richie over I, us any night, I would. wouldn't you? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100% I would. However, we are delighted to we say are. that there's no Lionel Richie concert on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and that because he's been back in the gym this week looking pretty min. Amazing movement. Hey. Brilliant boxing hey. IQ. I'm so glad he put that, that, that video out this week. The Tyson Fury is the man in the heavyweight Let's division. not mess about. The linear world champion is on the show right now. Tyson Fury, how are you, boy? You good? Good evening, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Announcing himself to the world. Good evening, listeners. How are you, Tyson? You're looking good on the old pads this week, mate. I am fantastic, thank you. I am. Um... Training hard, feeling fantastic, and can't wait to get back in the ring. Listen, congr- congratulations on the new um, association with MTK that I saw announced this morning. That's pretty big news. Yeah, that's pretty big news. I, um, I'm happy, another part of my career, and I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of good stuff together. Well, if you're teaming up with uh, Matthew Macklin, that must mean that uh, we are pretty far down the line when it means maybe you getting your licence back and this UK AD situation getting all cleared up and we get to see the big man back in the ring at some point. Very, very hopefully and very, very soon. 
I, I've always said good evening, Tyson. How are you? Good evening, Russell. How are we? <laughs> <laughs> you better explain why he calls well, you Russell. Come on. Um, I was sitting opposite. T- <laughs> good evening, Tyson. I was sitting opposite Tyson. We were there was a group of us interviewing him one day, and suddenly stopped us interviewing. And he went. Now I know who you are. You're Russell Crowe, and you ever are. since then, he's been he's been rustling me up. The the thing is this: what I, I've said this for such a long time. I don't know if you hear me on on air, um, Tyson, but I've said this for a very long time. And as you know, I came to see you in Marbella um, several months ago, where you really had the mojo back, and you were really all right. You were overweight, but you were really enjoying yourself and in the gym. This news about UKAD, this news about um, you getting your licence back, this news about potentially being an opponent with Tony Bellew next year, it gets you back in the gym and motivated again, doesn't it? Because we've seen it this week. It just makes you feel different. It does, it does, you know. I've been in this um, position for a while now where I don't know whether I'm coming or going with it all. I was in Marbella training, lovely. Wrote the bit between my teeth and I was doing so well over there, and when you came over, we had a great time. I was really, really loving me training again, and then I was told to come back over so we could finish it all for for a few days, and then it turned out that it got postponed again and postponed again. And now I'm hearing it's in December, and, you know, I started back in the gym before I knew any of this was in December, or before I knew Tony Bellew wanted to fight me and all this. I really just wanted to get back in the gym, get the juices flowing, lose a bit of weight and enjoy it really for me whether 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 they let me box or they don't rather just for myself gratification if you like to um, to get the weight down and feel healthy again what? I've been in some, some dark places and I've, I, I, I believe I've overcome all of that now and I'm really starting to get my life back on track and it'd be such a, a, a good finish to the year to get this um, UKAD stuff put behind me so I can start a new chapter in my life because at the moment if it keeps getting dragged on and dragged on I'm just being left in limbo land for so long and I have a wife and, and nearly four kids any time now to provide for I've been kept out of the ring uh, almost two years so it's a long 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 time well it's almost two years to the day isn't it that we were with, with you in Dusseldorf where you uh, beat the, the nine and a half year undisputed heavyweight champion in the world that brilliant night, that glorious night for you, your family and for British boxing that you um, obviously feel never in many ways got get, you got the full credit that you deserve for that but th- there's an opportunity now with, with heavyweight boxing still being a fascinating division with if you count yourself and the three guys who hold the other belts at the moment Obviously, you still hold the ring belt. You know, there's four of you undefeated. It would be a travesty in this era if you didn't all meet. And I I suspect that, you know, it, it was of massive relief to you that the hearing was announced for, for December. And, in fact, maybe that Tony Bellew was calling you out today. Yes, there's... Um... There is some the pros and cons with it all. As there is the <laughs> Um, I had a conversation with my um, people who was advising me on this case and lawyers and stuff and I have um, been informed that there's um, a guy on the panel that is pro-UCAD and all for UCAD and he doesn't go for athletes, never so I don't know how successful this is going to be he's one of the main judges so I don't really know much about it but that's what I've been informed 
So I don't know how good or bad it's going to be for me, really. But, you know, it, it's all good stuff. And I just want to get it all behind me. Whatever the outcome is, I want to start with something. Either they're going to do something about it or they're going to apologise. Do you not... Do you not feel frustrated though that um, that it's been held o- over for so long? I do, I do, uh, Gareth. I really do feel frustrated, and there's nothing I can do about it. You know, I um, I've been ready to go and sort this out so many times, but uh, it just keeps getting put back, and different things are happening. Different people can't make it to the court, and whatever you know, it's because this is this is a very very high profile case, and. The longer it drags on, the more damage you're doing to my career. And in the long run, the more money it's going to cost them. You know who I think is the number one heavyweight in the world, Tyson. Will you tell us who is? To be honest, um, Gareth, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And I suppose I always will be. With a little twinkle in my eye and that, uh, that smile that just says, you know, I can do it. Uh, me fit and active I still today after two and a half years out of the ring by the time I get back in April or May then I still believe I can outbox most of these guys and you know I watched a fight this evening with um, Manuel Char and Alexander Eastonov for the WBA heavyweight title you know I've got to give um, credit to these both of these guys because you know they've been beaten and battered up and down and Manuel Charles had a massive operation where he almost died, got stabbed. Mm. He's had an operation. And to end the year with a World Heavyweight Championship and to become the first like guy from Lebanon slash Syria to be a heavyweight champion of the world, that is an awesome, awesome um, achievement. Mm. And even for, for Ustinov, he's only had one fight in, I don't know how long, maybe over a year. And the guy's 40 years old. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, saying stuff on the TV that how these guys weren't any good and commentary but I believe you've got to give all fighters respect for getting in there especially at 40 years old come on this is a young man's game really be 40 years old sharing the ring with young guys that's an inspiration to all men isn't it Mm. it so just talk us through it what do you do to Anthony Joshua Joseph Parker and Deontay Wilder well I'm going to try and talk you through it without being too overconfident, without coming across too big-headed and without coming across cocky. Now, the listeners might be saying, who is this guy? This isn't Tyson Fury. But this time, I'm coming back as me rather than the, the entertainment, the show person. I really want to get across the real me this time, if I'm allowed to. And I'll be brutally honest, as I always am because I don't think there's anything like honesty. Um, with Anthony Joshua, I'll give you the pros and cons for all, all these guys. The um, good things about AJ is he's big and strong, he's powerful, he's, um, he's ambitious, he's aggressive, he's got a knockout punch, and he's match fit, and he's active. The, the bad things about him is he's got slow feet, he likes to sit in the pocket, he likes to throw hard punches every single time. Um, he doesn't have great footwork or upper body movement. And he doesn't move too good on angles. And for, I'd be a fighter like myself who does have good footwork and does have good lateral movement and can move on angles. That equals disaster. 
Yeah. Because with me being a bit of a knowledge boxer and heavyweight boxing, and I've studied it and I have done for, for many, many, many years, I understand how I have to beat these guys. And to beat somebody with those attributes, those awesome attributes that he possesses, it would be hard, but for someone with my ability who can move and box and twist and be so evasive, all I have to make him do is miss a bit. And as we saw against Vladimir, he, um, he blew, a, blew a gasket trying to land these punches. And we see it so many times. We, we just have to go back to, to Ali and Foreman, the big puncher, versus the boxer mover. I think boxing, especially heavyweight, is more of a, a chess match, more of a, a brains match rather than who's the strongest or who's the fittest or quickest or whatever. And like I say, if I was facing Anthony Joshua, I'd use speed and movement and I'd use his own body strength and his power against him. Because after a while, that great muscle mass that he has and the awesome physique, that burns a lot of energy just by standing there and looking good. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's great to have a great body and, and, and be so naturally gifted. And I'm sure he works around the clock keeping that shape up. The man with less muscle mass will burn less energy. And with me almost having no muscle mass, I've seen the picture of you and Ricky this week. You're looking well. You're looking, you're looking in both in good nick. Oh, yeah, we're looking at fantastic shape. <laughs> but, but again, to be brutally honest, people would be fooled by the, the body and by a performance that I could just jump in the ring tonight and probably do a 10, 12-round fight. So, again, some people have natural built-in stamina mm. and some people struggle, struggle to get it. And they work very, very hard to get it when they do have it. But me, I have it for sale. I have stamina for sale at the moment because I can, I'm 24 stone at the moment but can do 10, 12 rounds at practically any pace. So you've lost a stone oh, yeah. then? <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, lost yeah, a stone yeah. from when I was with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've lost a stone. That's good. Could you fight at 20 stone or do you need to get down to 18? Because you were on about getting back down to 18. Is there a is there an optimum weight for you then, even against these, these guys like Parker and Wilder as well? Or would you try and be yeah. different weights? The... Um, for elite fighters, like for world championship fighters, I have to have an optimum weight, and I don't think it's going to be my optimum weight before for like the Klitschko fight and before that was around about 18.5, 18.7. But I think on the return, I'm going to aim to be around late 18s, maybe even early 19s, because I am such a big guy. And at that lower weight for me, I know it's a hell of a lot of weight, 18 on stone. But at that weight for me, I do feel a bit weak, not weak rather, I feel a bit skinny, if that makes sense. I'm going to try and um, bulk up a little bit. And obviously I'm going down for a massive weight. So for the comeback fight, for somebody again, like Manuel Char or or somebody not of the great calibre of Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua or Joseph Parker, mm. or there's a couple of other guys out there that you need to be super on, on form for, um, Maybe I could come back at nineteen odd stone. Well, you you put a, you put a great poll out on your uh, social media, Tyson, asking the fans who they wanted, and obviously Sh- Shannon the Cannon was on there. You had Pricey on there. You've got a bit of history with him, and obviously Tony's been on Soccer AM this morning mentioning your name. Any of them yeah. ring? Any, any, any of them? Yeah, any of those guys really. The, um, 
Anche Borghi fai il corpo, io no, no, no. Not, not very many people wanted to see the winner of Char Eastman for the vacant for the vacant WBA belt. But now I, I think that makes it quite a bit of sense because uh, Manuel Char has just won the, the belt and I think he makes quite a lot of money through fighting me. And it also gives me the opportunity to become a two time heavyweight champion of the world in a relatively comfortable fight that I believe would be comfortable for me in winning. Um, so that one is very interesting for me at the moment. Uh, you've got the likes of Tony Bellew, who's had the, the great victory over um, David A, um, former cruiserweight champion. He's saying that he's not so frightened of big big guys and he wants to fight the biggest of them all. So I don't know how realistic he's, um, he's being with with his um, comments on Soccer AM. But, um, you know, that that's another lucrative fight for both fighters. And we are in this to... Um, to make a living rather than just take punches to the face. So that would be a good fight for me again. And, you know, Tony's a quick uh, fighter. He, with him being a cruiserweight slash light heavyweight, coming up to heavyweight, he'll have the speed and movement over me, which could counteract my size. And he also has quite a lot of power. I've seen him knock quite a few people out. Um, so maybe that's a difficult fight for me, but that's another fight that I'd take on the return after two and a half years out. Um, it was Big David Price that was running along quite quite gracefully a few years ago. Um, everybody in the country wanted to see that fight. Um, but then he stumbled against Tony Thompson. Mm. And, kind of stuff. and even against Christian Hamry come unglued. So I don't know how much men- momentum that fight would, um, would build, but that's another option, maybe. Um, Shannon Briggs, he won the poll. Guys, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We talked about that last week, actually, yeah. We did, yeah. yeah. Um, you'd stop him in five or six, I think. Anyway, I think he's got a good four rounds left in him. Uh, <laughs> with him being like late forties, um, I think he is, isn't he? Forty-five. You know, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he's been forty-five for about nine years. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of that um, tweet from Anthony Joshua last week? If we could just ask you again, get fit, you. Mm-mm. Um. I didn't really buy into it too much, to be honest, because it's on it's on like his character he's portraying so far, and I really don't believe that he just got hold of his phone and decided today after playing a good guy for a few years, I'm going to start swearing. I think it's more of a calculated move rather than just um, a quick thinking tweet. I don't believe he would be allowed to do that, to be honest. Because at the end of the day, he's being steered in the right direction and he's portrayed as the, the good guy, the, the smiley Colgate advert, beautiful, <laughs> young, young, young guy. You know, some people think he's like early 20s. Um, they don't believe he's the same age as me within a, within a few months. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a calculated move. I think that they're trying to build momentum with me and him because obviously it's the biggest fight in, in, in heavyweight boxing. That's the biggest fight in world boxing at the moment. Um, so obviously they'd want that fight. And I want that fight, so it should be an easy fight to make. Um, so I just think they're trying to build up momentum with mm. that. So, yeah. Tyson, have you got um, a, a spare couple of minutes for us? We've just got to go to a break. We're being nagged here by our uh, producers. We'd love to carry on talking to you. Are you right to just hang around for a couple of minutes, mate? 
Yes, I am. What a superstar. Absolute superstar. Stick around. You listen to Fight Night on TalkSport with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis. Tyson Fury's with us, and he's going to be with us again in a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere. Now, you see... John, who's in charge of the tunes tonight on the yeah, show, yeah. he won't know that this is Vladimir Klitschko's ring walk, will he? Yeah, or maybe he does. Maybe he's done it to wind Tyson up. Maybe he's done that. I don't know. The man on the line knows, so Tyson Fury he knows, because he's walked into this yeah, and he knew he what does. he was taking away from him in Dusseldorf. I will never forget that mm. night. Mm. You'll never forget that night, though, Tyson, will you? No, no, I won't. It was the time that I um, I put the super champion to school. <laughs> on, those, on those nights, and um, I just rose to the occasion and showed a little bit of talent and a little bit of boxing ability. And like I said, it was uh, it was enough to win over a great champion. Tyson, what I want to ask you about, I know that we've, uh, we've gone in depth about, obviously, your uh, boxing credentials, and they are without question, my friend. Um, your dancing credentials is where I want to go to next, all right? Obviously, there's a reality TV show, a bit of Strictly Come Dancing, maybe later down the line, this could be your thing. We've seen you on social media doing a little bit of a dance at the end of your uh, training regime this week, and uh, it wasn't too long ago that we saw you doing the hacker with Joseph Parker, my man. Is this a thing? Is, it, is, it, is this where we're going after boxing? I really couldn't tell you at the moment, but you know I'm, I'm going to keep all my doors open and keep available for these guys if they do call. But the fact that I've got two left feet, <laughs> that was coordinated as a door handle, um, I don't think it's probably going to be for me. Oh, but boy, you can sing, though. Remember? Oh yeah, you can do that. He's got. He's got. Well, he's... I, I did sing it, sing to my uh, beautiful wife that night in Dusseldorf, and yeah. I, I did an excellent rendition of um, Aerosmith's. Armageddon song. Don't want to miss a thing. We remember it, man. We remember it. Yeah, and his New York debut. That was a pretty fun one when yeah. you when you made your debut in New York and you had a little sing-song yeah. there as well. <laughs> I think it's quite refreshing because there hasn't been any heavyweight champions do this sort of thing. And it's almost like people expect me to sing songs that way in press conferences and after the fight. A lot of bookies take bets on if I'm going to do it. Show with me, I suppose. You should, you, maybe you should sing your own ring walk next time in. Next time you're making the ring walk, just give us a little bit of a rendition, get the fans going. This, the, the thing is, like in Dusseldorf, the, the whole arena joined in with you. You were doing your thing and they were all singing along like it was a karaoke night. Yeah, but I only sing in celebration. Ah, good so man. can't sing on the way to the ring, you have to sing after the victory. No, absolutely, mate, absolutely. Listen, um, I know that you mentioned at the start of this that your uh, good lady's expecting uh, fourth child. Are you are you ready, mate? Are you in charge of the nursery? Have you done all the decorating? Is everything rocking? Yeah, we're all ready to go. We're just a couple of weeks out from our due date, um, and we are very excited. Uh, and and was was the Lionel Richie concert? Uh, you know, was the Lionel? <laughs> talk, talk to us about the Lionel Richie concert. Was it in London a couple of weeks ago? I'm actually going to run you through it. It wasn't a concert. Oh, it was private um, sitting. It was, it was my friend's private. Um, <laughs> Wedding anniversary. Oh, right, okay. And he hired uh, Lionel for the evening. Um, I think there was about 40 guests there. Um, and it was a private bash. It was held in carriages in London. And we had a nice hotel room and a nice evening. How good was he live? It, it was the first time I've ever saw him live, and it was fantastic. He was even better in, in person than he sounds on, on the, uh, the records. 
Please tell me. That you got up with him. That's what I was dying to ask him. You got up and sang a duet with him, didn't you? Well, you know that I would, uh, Gareth. (laughs) (laughs) I'm suffering at the moment. I have been for a while with this voice. Um, I'm just letting the listeners know because I do get quite a people asking me what is wrong with the voice, why is it so husky? Um, I got punched in the throat about 18 months ago by a great light heavyweight fighter called Ty Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's left me with this uh, this voice. Now, this sounds quite sexy to some people. Some people <laughs> yeah, it is. I agree. No, it is. It, it is. is yeah. It is. But it stops my singing career as well because I can't really get to those notes that I used to. Um, I sound like I've been on the drink for days. <laughs> Well, everyone thinks I'm just a wild lunatic. <laughs> I'm glad you've cleared this up, actually. Yeah. I've been to the, the hospital. I've had the camera down the old throat. And I've got a, um, like a blood clot in the, in the back of the throat. Uh, not a serious one that could harm me because it can only go down into the stomach if it did move. And I've got to get it taken out sooner or later. But I'm not in any rush. It's not causing me any pain. Um, you know, this, this sexy voice will not last forever. That's it. I, rec- so, I reckon Mrs. Fury said to him, no, keep the voice. Keep love the it, voice. I love I like it. Let's have another <laughs> child. Let's have another child. Yeah. 18 months, we've, uh, we've had two children. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for that reason, you didn't sing with Lionel Richie. Oh, man. For that reason... I didn't sing, but I would have done, and I did have the opportunity to sing, but I had to pass up because of my uh, <laughs> Brilliant. Absolute superstar. Brilliant. Listen, Tyson, we've kept you for too long. We're going to let you get back to your, uh, your, your good lady, mate. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Fingers crossed everything that goes well with the UK AD thing and uh, obviously getting that licence back so we can get you back in the ring in And back in the studio as well oh, one we night. Need, yeah, and it'd be lovely if you came in the in studio. Fact, We'd love ta- to. Next time you're in London doing your Lionel Richie thing, you bring, the, bring your good lady. We'll have a proper Tyson Fury night. Make sure you come down and see us. I will do. I just want to say... Big shout out to Yonte Wilder, Bronze Bomber. Um, keep winning if you're listening, because it's only building up to one massive fight between him and I. And also shout out to WBO champ Joseph Parker, um, who I happen to really like as a person and as a fighter. And I think he's improving with every fight he has. And congratulations, Manuel Char. Does does Parker defeat Joshua in your view? Has he got a good chance? I think he has a good chance with his... Um, he has quick hands and he holds a good punch and he carries quite good power. Um, the problem with his last fight with my cousin Huey was mm. that Huey's a box mover and he's a very awkward customer um, for anybody to land hard punches on. And in that fight, along with Ring Magazine, I had him winning the fight, along with Deontay Wilder, along with quite a few boxing air writers and pundits, we all had Dewey winning the fight. But, you know, this is the boxing game and whatever happens, and it happens. And I'm sure Dewey will go on and win another world title and he'll get the decision this time. So, But I can't hold any malice feelings towards Parker because I do think he's a good fighter still. And I do think he has a good chance against anybody who doesn't move and is as light or fleet-footed as someone like myself or Dewey. You have been an absolute gentleman for Absolutely us Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for being on the show, mate. Much appreciated. Take it easy, guys, and God bless you all. And you, sir. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, Tyson. Superb. Tyson Fury, the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. I need to take a breath after that. The world comes
What a night we've had. Time is absolutely flying. Fight night. It is uh, your official home for boxing on TalkSport in the whole of the UK. Make sure you come and join us every Saturday night, 10 o'clock, myself and Gareth A. Davis. Uh, giving you the lowdown on the latest fight scene. We've not even had time to talk about Michael Bispin in the world of mixed martial arts, but we'll, get, we'll try and get to him before the end of the show because we've got another guest on, mate. We've just had Anthony Yard in the studio. We've had the lineal heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury, on the show. And wasn't he awesome tonight? He, so was Anthony, by the way. Absolutely but, sensational, the pair yeah, of yeah. But, but now, we're, we're going to the... No disrespect to anybody, but I think we're going to the next level here, mate. No, no, we're not. It's the Welsh Mayweather. We're, that's what I mean. We're going to the Welsh Mayweather. That's what we're doing. The <laughs> IBF featherweight champion of the world is on the show right now. Lee Selby, welcome. How are you, sir? You good? How's it, how's it going, guys? Yes. Yeah, I'm oh. good, thank you. Look, he's out and about on the road. Where are you, mate? You're supposed to be home, tucked up in bed. You've got a fight coming up. What are you doing? We've been out in Fort, Fort Ventura. I've, I've just landed now in Bristol. I'm here oh, with I my see. manager, Chris Tanniger. And then Ryan Wheeler, one of the one of the fighters we took over for, for Squaring. Now, when I when I go to Fuerteventura, I go on holiday. So it's not been one of them types of trips to Fuerteventura, mate. It's been uh, it's been full on oh, training camp, it? running up the hills in the heat. Yeah, that's it. No, no sunbathing for us. Just just strict, strictly business. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you back out, mate. You must be dead excited. This is a well, it's a brilliant card. The Gales on that card. Obviously, we mentioned Anthony Yard. We mentioned Dubois. Uh, and obviously yourself on the December the 9th, you must be absolutely chomping at the bit. I say it's a, it's a, it's a massive bill. I'm, I'm I'm proud to be a part of it. We've got two two of probably um, the UK's pound-for-pound best boxers in in James DeGale and I, and then two of the best prospects, the big, big punchers, Daniel Dubois and Anthony Yad. So it's, it's going to be a, a great show and a, a bit of everything for the, for the boxing fans. We were talking to Anthony earlier on with Gareth about obviously being involved with Frank now, mm. especially with this BT Sport deal that, and, and the opportunities that that would bring uh, for fighters on that stable. And Lee's one of those guys that I mentioned at the start of the year that could really fly, obviously, teaming up on BT Sport, one of the real jewels in the crown. And it kind of helps as well that there's some other featherweights that are knocking about. So there might not be any politics to make a fight between him and some others. What no, that's absolutely right. Well, since 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 um, Lee... Um, Took the uh, the belt from Yevgeny Gradovic, um, and uh, oh, and, and I must say, and Lee knows this, how much I enjoyed his open top bus ride through Barry Island afterwards. <laughs> oh my god, it was amazing! No, it was amazing. It was good. It was some experience, wasn't it? Oh, it was. I, I mean, you should have seen Lee's. Lee's again. We've had incredibly modest people on tonight. Mm. Our, our, all our guests have been brilliant. Lee's face when he came around the corner and the whole of Barry was out. I mean, it was extraordinary that night. Uh, or that afternoon, wasn't it, Lee? Um, it was just one of those days to savour. Oh, my God, the whole town was out. The whole seafront was completely packed. It's a day you'll never forget. Oh, def- definitely not. That's, that's one of the highlights, not just in my, in my boxing career, just one of the highlights of my life. It, it was a great, great, great time for me, great experience. I remember being sat on the bus, Looking back at my manager, and he had tears pouring on his face. That, that's how much you meant <laughs> no, to him. No, 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 it wasn't tears. That was the rain. That was you were in Barry. Come on, man. No, seriously. <laughs> it was a lovely day, actually. But you, you look. You've defended the title four times since then. Obviously, you've you've had. Um, you know, um, obviously, um, you know the Sanigars look after you. Um, yeah. I mean, Chris Sanigar is is you know 
the Senegals are amazing, father and son. The Senegals don't get enough credit in British boxing. I've got to say this for what they do and for what they do for people. They're incredibly loyal. Um, they've come up the hard way, and a lot of their boxers have. You know, and Lee used to train with, um, with his brother Andrew in a in a in a, in a leisure centre in Splot with holes in the roof with with tin uh, with tin buckets collecting the rain as they as they train because the the rain would come in. It's a bit but, like Talk Sport Studios then. A, a little bit like Talk Sport <laughs> when it rains. But the the thing is about you, Lee. Um, you're so talented that you can move camps and still be a big star in whatever camp you move into. You know, you've been under Al Heyman, Eddie Hearn, and, and as Adam was hinting just now, um, the featherweight division is very exciting at the moment, but the fact that you're there um, now on BT Sport and Box Nation and Carl Frampton fought last weekend, the obvious one for me last weekend, I know Josh Warrington was there um, in Belfast last week, you were away training in uh, in Spain, but the point is surely we're going to see you push for a fight with Carl Frampton sooner rather than later in 2018 Well it's, it's just a, a natural fight fight for myself, you know you got. but but first of all I, I got Josh Warrington, he's my mandatory challenger so I'll have to take care of business with him first and then, then um, the Carl Frampton fight is it is one that we're looking at next. Is but but you've you've I think you've said quite plainly you don't think Warrington belongs on the same level. Um. Well, he, he now we do belong there. He, he's won a, a final eliminator, and and to get to that stage, you, you don't get there by accident. He's earned his way. He's earned his, his shot at the title. But um, you know, I I think I, I I'll beat him comfortable and then move on to the to to, to the next one. Of course, I mean I shouldn't. I should say there's, there's a chap called Eduardo Ramirez who's coming over to London, thinking that he's going to win as well. You've you've got to get him out of the way on December the ninth at the uh, the Copper Box Arena on on that very big card as well. That's that's it. All my focus is on, is on my next fight. Eduardo Ramirez, he, he's an unbeaten fighter, comes from a good stable, and um, yeah, he, he he brings a lot of pressure, a t- tough Mexican, and yeah, I got my hands for, but. I'm I'm confident of of winning the fight and 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 moving on. It's a huge year for you. The next twelve months is ma- massive for you now, Lee. Obviously, you've do, you've done the business in becoming world champion, and as Gareth rightly pointed out, that you defended it on several occasions. But now it's a case of making those legacy fights, making those fights that would secure your life financially That's as well. It. And obviously, for the for the fans, they want to see you in with what they would class as uh, against the best of the best. And for me, I found it, I don't know about you, Gareth, but I found it quite weird actually watching the TV last week. Now, obviously, we know why you weren't there, Lee, because you were training. You've got yeah. a camp. Yeah. But Josh was there. Yeah. Scott Quigg was there. Carl was there. And with all due respect to any of them, I, I rate them all. I think they're all very good. Lee's the one with the bargaining chip. You're the one with the bargaining chip. You've got the IBF strap. That's it. And potentially 2018 could, could be a massive year for me. All, all those names you mentioned above would, would, would make great fights for myself. And I believe if I can box to the to the best of my ability, I, I can beat all of them. You must have been extremely disappointed on, with your fight in America on the Frampton undercard being uh, pulled last year because that would have been a wonderful opportunity to introduce you to that American crowd, especially when you've got Leo Santa Cruz and Abner Mares and those also in your division that uh, I've no doubt you'd fancy a bit of a ding-dong yeah. wee. Yeah. yeah, it was heartbreaking for me. You know, that, it was. That, that was the... Mm. It was the, the biggest stage in boxing, Las, Las Vegas. Chief, chief support to um, to, to Carl Frampton and Leo Santa Cruz, and they would have built a, nat- a natural a natural fight f- for the winner. Mm. But um, sadly, the fight didn't take take place there. We got to box Barros 
back 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 home in the UK. I put on a great performance and, and got another win. The thing is about Lee as well. By taking that fight in the states, I don't think you're frightened of uh, travelling, are you? So would you you be up for a bit of uh, Elland Road first, and then maybe Windsor Park? Is that what you fancy? I'm 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 happy to to fight anywhere. I, I want to be one of those one of those world champions who are, who are remembered for for fighting the best and and travelling. And the the greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali. Look, look, we defended his title. Mm. I, I think he might even defend it in Scotland. So <laughs> you know, I, I'd like to emulate that, travel around, and and build myself and build build my legacy. What's the uh, next couple of weeks got lined up for you before fight night, mate? Are you back out to uh, Fuerteventura, or is everything now taking place at home? No, everything can take place at home now. It's it's, it's just a matter of, of sharpening up on the pads with with my trainer Tony Borg. Um, sparring's near enough complete and it's just getting getting down to the weights and, and getting the job done next month looking forward to it man December the 9th it's going to be a great night James on the card you on the card oh it's an exciting time isn't it? British boxing is booming it's moments in time and we've got uh, this world champion here that could be setting up some super fights in 2018 all the best Lee thank you so much for your time tonight mate thank you night Lee lovely to speak to you top man Lee, for, uh, Lee Selby there IBF uh, featherweight champion I want to see him in with Frampton. I'm not going to mess about. I want to see him in yeah, with Frampton. I mean, I, I, I mean, look, Josh Warrington has really come on. I mean, I remember Lee saying... He didn't, like you said, he's earned his stripes. He's earned no, his he has. You, no, he's right to say that. And, and you know, and I, I'm not trying to be remiss with, with, with Josh Warrington. I think he's a terrific boxer and, and he's done brilliantly well Ed, to, get, to get up to this level and to challenge now for the title. For me, Lee Selby, even though he doesn't make nights easy for himself at times because he loves a scrap. Yeah. Um, I mean, the night he won the championship. He was down, and then he got Gradovich. up, and then uh, uh, and I mean, boxed his he, ears off. He was brilliant against Gradovich mm. um, back in uh, in in May 2015 at the O2 Arena. But you know, he didn't look good at times against other opponents. But he, he can be sloppy sometimes. He can draw into a fight. He didn't look great against uh, um, Fernando Montiel, um, the, the first defense of the title. But you know. Going back to that Jonathan Victor Barros, and I was there, by the way, when that fight was called off in Las Vegas. It was at the weigh-in. Yeah. It was at the weigh-in. Mm. It was the dream fight he was going to get. Um, Frampton afterwards, if Frampton won his belts, or um, Leo Santa Cruz, who yep. won the titles. And, you know, when he came back here and he fought Jonathan Victor Barros here um, at Wembley Arena in uh, in July, I think it was this year, his father passed away yeah. in fight week. Mm. I mean, he's an extraordinary character, Lee Selby. The way he holds himself together, the way he he, he performs, uh, the person he is. And I love the fact he looks Mexican, even though he's from Barry Island. <laughs> He'll have got a little bit of colour in Fuerteventura. Yeah. He will look so Mexican when he turns out on December the 9th because he gets colour as well. He, I, I, I've got to say, I, I just love the guy. I think he is and I've been, a special talent, I've been loving the, I've been loving our guests tonight. Like I do love them. I really, I'm inspired by these people. It's why I'm, it's why I'm in this sport. These people inspire me. Well, I'll tell you something. We're going to get even more inspiration next because Gareth is going to take us on a little bit of a cultural corner trip. Let me tell you, he's going to dazzle you with some words, serious words. Stick around. You listen to Fight Night. do Saturday night fight night without Neil Diamond. I'm feeling fine. Bum, bum, bum. 
Somebody's going out tonight. Hey, hey watch out. Watch out. I'm coming home soon, baby. <laughs> uh, before we get stuck into Cultural Corner, just a quick one. Just in the world of mixed martial arts, I'm going to put a, a letter into the UFC that they host everything in China uh, because it's absolutely perfect, time difference-wise, for the UK fight fans to be watching fights at lunchtime on a Saturday afternoon. Not if you're from Clitheroe and you're seeing Michael Bispin getting oh, knocked mate, out. Tell me know? about it. Uh, Michael Bispin. Um, well, there's two uh, new records that he's picked up today. No fighter in UFC history has suffered more knockdowns than Michael Bispin. Uh, Bispin uh, obviously knocked out by Kelvin Gastelum a little earlier on. Sets a new record. Oh, be enjoying hearing that, won't he? However, <laughs> there's a caveat to it, though. There's a caveat yeah. to it because yeah. uh, the ring, his octagon walk today puts him ahead of anybody else. It, nobody else has walked to the octagon more than Michael Bispin over his 29 fights. Superb from him. Um, also, I've got to mention I'm a celebrity. We haven't mentioned it tonight. We're talking kangaroo testicle oh, eating. Oh, mate, telling you. Uh, Kel Love Bro- a bit of kangaroo testicle <laughs> eating on the show. Come on. Uh, Kel Brook has revealed that he's going to be voted for Amir Khan in I'm a Celebrity to eat ca- uh, kangaroo testicles. No, he said he'd even eat a testicle oh, to go on it. there, stop you know? It. Come stop on. It. Come it. on, guys. They just need to fight those they two. Do. They do. They Khan's been pathetic in the jungle. Snakes, spiders. You know what? <laughs> it, you, when you grow up with your mum getting rid of the little house spiders from the corner of your bedroom... You're going to have trouble in the jungle. He didn't know there were going to be spiders and snakes in the jungle. Amir King Khan, you're going to be doing bush tucker trials the whole time you're in there. He was screaming like a baby in there in the last couple of days. Come on. Hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we are going to get to speak to either George Groves or Chris Eubank Jr. Their fight has now been confirmed. We mentioned it last week that it would be uh, February 17th in Manchester in the World Boxing We'll be there, won't we, semi-final. Oh, mate. We'll... I hope Talk Sport are going to be there as well, we'll actually. Be... I know that uh, there's talks going on with the uh, mm. with the um, the Ali- Muhammad Ali Trophy uh, owners. So Fingers let's crossed, hope, then. yeah, well, look, there's two terrific fights Callum Smith's going to be in a great fight in Liverpool has that venue been announced yet or not not yet not no, yet. but it will be next week of course <laughs> we're getting them on the show next week like as well it. I like that you're you're doing I'm a trying to producer meeting. I'm trying to you're not doing a I'm looking meeting. at Matt the producer like are we doing it Smudger or not yes he's saying we are I like the fact that you're doing a production <laughs> meeting live on the radio now yeah well, well you know mm. it's one of those nights listen uh, we're going to finish <laughs> with a bit of culture let's get into the cultural corner What have you got for us tonight, sir? Well, look, um, as you know, this is the culture vulture moment. And, and, you know, I do like to educate you northerners, yeah. Um, If I can be so bold and rude. There have been some brilliant names have come into, writers into boxing. Um, The likes of Jack London, of course, who was amazing, wrote short stories about boxing. Arthur Conan Doyle, Mm. um, Ring Lardner. um, You know, there have been some Damon Runyon, uh, P.G. Woodhouse. But I've picked out... A short um, essay of about uh, 5,000 words by Ernest Hemingway. We ain't got time for 5,000 words okay, now. No, well, I'll do, I'll, do, I'll do about 600 of them. I've got one minute. Okay. And it's about, it's called 50 Grand, and it's an aging boxer, Jack Brennan. It's visiting his training camp by two shady characters. Tired of the hard graft, he's going to be asked to throw the fight. Tired of the hard graft and yearning for wife and home, he agrees to throw the fight and earn himself a retirement bonus in the process. But as in all deadly pursuits, it goes horribly wrong. Have a read. It's Ernest Hemingway's 50 grand. It's absolutely brilliant. And it's a perfect uh, insert to our cultural corner. As ever, it has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, it has. Do not forget, Saturday nights, 10 till 12, me and him talking fight sports, whether it be boxing, whether it be mixed martial arts, whether it be UFC, whether it be Bellator, it doesn't matter what it is. We will give you everything that you need to know 10 till 12 right here, Saturday nights on Talk Sport. And it's also available 
on a podcast as well. If you've only just tuned in, where have you been? You have missed Anthony Yard in the studio, Tyson Fury for a good half an hour on the phone, and Lee Selby. We'll stick the podcast link up online. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.